Good Sunday morning, Iowa. It's Dr. Rick Godding. Thank you very much for being here with me today. And, you know, I was just thinking the other day, you know, I had a very complicated fracture patient surgery that I had to do on my lunch hour, and I got back to my clinic, which was full of patients who were six rooms full of people who had been waiting because the surgery took longer than it used to, or longer than it was uh, scheduled to. And I was reminiscing back, you know, because St. Anthony's is a big hospital. And even though it's a, Carroll's a relatively small town, the hospital serves a big area. Uh, It's almost a hundred beds. So typically a hospital this size would have at least a couple orthopedic surgeons. And we are recruiting, like I talked about before, but so there's a lot of, you know, work to be done and and just the, the pace of it is, is pretty intense. And, you know, I'm sometimes I just miss the human aspects of it. And I really was missing that this week, especially when I was in Kauai, Hawaii, you know, I lived in a town, the the hospital on the west side of Kauai, and I lived in a town of about 2000, uh, which was about a mile away from the town where the hospital was, which had about 2000 in it. (laughs) And then there was another town about two miles down the road with about 2000 in it. And that's kind of how Hawaii is, or Kauai, sorry, not Hawaii, but the island of Kauai. And I just remember, you know, just... I, I lived in this little old plantation house and it from the sugar plantation days and it was a couple blocks off the beach and I had lots of fruit trees in the yard. I had avocados and mangoes and bananas and oranges and I would, uh, on the Saturdays, if my patients were in the hospital on Saturday, I would squeeze them, fresh squeezed orange juice out of my uh, tree and take a picture in and uh, or I'd take them some mangoes or avocados, and it was just, you know, I had time to really sit down. I had this one lady, her name was Auntie Esther Makawaole, and she's passed on a while back now, but she wove what they call Lauhala hats, and uh, Lauhala hats are, if you ever, if you ever see the older Hawaiian musicians back in the day, they would wear these hats and they kind of almost look like barbershop quartet hats. But anyway, she was very famous throughout the islands for that. And uh, one of the last uh, hats she ever wove, she gave to me. And, you know, there was, uh, there was a, uh, a family of uh, Portuguese cowboys. And uh, on Kauai, the major ethnicity, so you'd have... And it, what happened was as different immigrant groups would come at different times. And then so you'd have collections of certain nationalities that had come over. So the Portuguese came at one point, Japanese, Filipinos, and then, of course, the Hawaiians that were there. That was kind of what was on the west side. You had Portuguese, Japanese, Filipino, and Hawaiians. And for whatever reason, mostly it was the Portuguese that were cowboys. I guess, that, you know, I guess there were more cowboys in Portugal than maybe the Philippines or Japan. Nevertheless... I had a one of one of these families, and I had operated on five generations of th- their family between broken bones in their in the great grandson, the knee replacements, and the great grandfather. And you know, they invited me out to steer roping and uh, calf roping, and and just that, those kind of things. 
And just being able to sit and listen to just all the rich history that I used to be able to listen to a lot. And uh, I kind of miss that a little bit nowadays. I, you know, because I'm just, uh, you know, even, even when I was uh, down at Wayne County, I had, I think, a lot more time to sit and enjoy the human aspect of the relationships that I have with the patients. And I do everything I can to try to perpetuate that in the time that I have. But, I mean, there's just only so many minutes in the day and and what happens is if you have five other patients that have been waiting 25 minutes it's hard to ask about seeing pictures of the grandkids and I really you know I really do miss it I mean I I miss it deeply deeply Uh, but I also really enjoy being able to have the highest technology and uh you know, having the Mako robot and all of all the stuff I'm able to do in the shoulder. And so it's a trade-off. Uh, but I found myself this last week in particular longing for, you know, the slower pace and the more human interactions that, that I've always loved. You know, I had patients when I was, when my wife and I got married in Kauai. So we got married in, in Waimea on the west side of Kauai. And we got married at this hotel that was a collection of old plantation houses that they had moved out to this big, uh, beautiful beachfront property. And we got married under this giant banyan tree. So the banyan trees are the ones that if you've seen in the movies or if you've been to Hawaii or other sort of tropical places like that, there I don't, and there might be some in Florida, I'm not sure. But they have a big, great big giant like 20-foot trunk in the middle and then a bunch of other trunks kind of hanging down so we got married under that and the way they do it there is when someone gets married you know people in the community all chip in and do stuff and all of a sudden you know people that we knew patients of ours and and uh people that we knew through the community were like oh hey hey doc we're gonna do the food for your wedding and like well what do you mean by that we're gonna do the food for your wedding (laughs) like okay (laughs) so Basically, I gave them the cost of the food, and these families did food for our wedding, all kinds of great, delicious food. And then we had uh, another family that did a brunch for us at our house the next morning. And uh, there's a school on the west side of Kauai, and it is a school for the the Ni'ihau kids. And Ni'ihau is the island that you can see from the west side of Kauai, and, and only if you're from Ni'ihau can you go to this island. So even regular Hawaiians can't go there unless they're Ni'ihau Hawaiians. And they had a uh, little school on the west side of Kauai, and I went in there and I asked if the hula halau from that school would perform at our wedding. And and the woman there said, you know, we're not like that. This isn't, you know, that's not what we do. I said, well, look, we, we'll make a donation to the school, and, we, you know, we kind of feel like we're marrying the community here because we're here and we're living in the community and we want to be part of it. And so this wonderful... Hula halau, and this is not, this is hula, these are not, you know, grass skirts and coconuts. <laughs> these are like beautiful woven cloth costumes, and if you look at traditional hula, if, and it was just, it was amazing. It was just unbelievable. So anyway, I guess, I don't know, I guess uh, I've just found myself longing for for that uh, deep connection that we had over there, and uh, and then even you know down in Wayne County, I would I just it seemed like that slower pace was more. I was just able to, you know, just communicate 
as a human more with the patients. And I really try. I really do try. But uh, sometimes you just, you know, you got six patients that have been waiting half an hour. What are you going to do? But I do my best. Anyway, spring break last week, we went down to Charleston, South Carolina. And I had never been to Charleston. And if you have never been to Charleston, I would highly suggest it. Now, we're beach people, so we stayed on the beach in a little town just right outside of Charleston. And I can tell you that we're on our way, and right as we were leaving, the snow and ice hit. We actually had to have our wings de-iced and wait for them to plow the runway before we could take off. (laughs) You're like, oh, man. So we go, and we have this beach vacation. It wasn't super warm. It was in the 50s, and I think it was 75 uh, on our last day. But we came home, and it was 16 degrees. And I said, man, what are we doing? But Charleston, the reason we went is because my good friends from when I lived in New York uh, have a couple of kids who are one's a senior and one's a freshman at the College of Charleston. And I thought it'd be a fun vacation and go see see them and uh, take them out to dinner and and uh, and our girls are starting to kind of poke their heads around as far as uh, colleges go. My daughters are in seventh and ninth grade, so my ninth grader, of course, you know, turn of the corner, almost a sophomore. You know, in two years, applications will be going out. So their kids were happy with it, and we wanted to go down there and. Uh, it was really exciting to see them because I've known them since they were babies and they were doing great down there. But Charleston is just, I mean, it's very, very beautiful. The downtown area is, I mean, you don't really almost feel like you're in America. I mean, it's a very, very European feel to it. Uh, now I went to medical school in Washington, D.C. and some of the architecture right around Georgetown is like that, but this had a more French flair to it. And, you know, the seafood was just absolutely spectacular, delicious. And uh, we walked around the campus, and the campus was just beautiful. It wasn't... You kind of could be walking down a street in the city and all of a sudden be on campus and not even know the difference. So it's one of those kind of schools, very different from like a University of Iowa where... Well, I haven't been there, but like at Iowa State where, okay, now you're on campus and you really know it. So, but it was a brilliant, beautiful, wonderful place to visit. I would highly suggest if you are looking to see a beautiful American city in the South with uh, stunning architecture and great food and nice beaches near it, I would highly suggest Charleston. So, so that's what we did. And then we came back and it was freezing cold. 16 degrees as I ran out in my shorts and my jacket to the car to warm it up to <laughs> to take the family home. But I think we're making our way into spring here. And, uh, and one thing for sure is uh, spring in Iowa is just beautiful. I can't wait for the flowers to come up and the leaves to bud and all that good stuff. And spring is also time where, you know, you do see a lot of sports injuries. And uh, the one thing that I would say about that, and, and I again, the sports injuries are kind of a different set than what I'm typically taking care of. You know, I did a sports medicine fellowship and I, you know, I do sports medicine, but not, you know, as a crux of my uh, 
of my practice. My practice is more based on adult injuries and sports medicine. Most of the time, it's going to be, you know, in your 20-ish year old and younger that are going to tear their ACL and things like that. But for patients of the more genteel age, uh, which would be, I guess, my age and older, which is probably most of the people that are listening to this show at this time on this station, <laughs> what spring planting is coming around and things like that. And what I would say is if you take a few minutes to stretch in the morning before you go start your really long day, it can really make a difference in, in how you do. Now, I talked about throughout the winter trying to get yourself into pretty good physical condition, especially if you're one of these seasonal, like if you're a farmer or a construction worker where you kind of have a winter that doesn't have a ton of work and uh, then you come back into super long, super hard days. Now, of course, it's it's never too late to try to get uh, get your body in a little bit of shape for that to avoid the injuries. But I know that once you do get started in that planting season and that uh, heavy, you know, if you're a roofer or things like that, construction, it's the irony, right? So you work hard all day, so you can't go to the gym. But working hard all day isn't really it's not as good for your body as going to the gym and doing some symmetrical exercises because we tend to, when you're working, you tend to overuse one area or another. But what you can do is you can do a good, even a five, 10 minute stretch. If you do that in the morning, stretch your back, stretch your hips, stretch your shoulders, you really can reduce the amount of injuries that you have. And also remember as you get older to remember that you're getting older. That's one of the things Man, you know, now that I'm 53, it's just those things that you used to just take for granted that were easier to do. And then you just, it's just, you know, tough. And then some of the things, you know, like I I watch my daughter play volleyball and see these uh, girls dive onto the court and think to myself, man, that would take me a week to get up off of that. And then, the longer you, the older you get, then you get to the point where if you actually had to jump on the floor like that, you'd break something. So, so it is, it is that time of year. And I know especially that there are a lot of uh, farmers who are in their seventies or older, but even in your sixties, remember that you are that. Okay. And remember to stretch out a bit and if you missed this last off season as a time to get your body in shape, think about after the spring planting, you know, do some walking, do some light weight lifting and things like that to keep that chassis going. And then also pay attention to things that are hurting. I know right now is not a great time to uh, go to the doctor as the planting season comes up, but if you have a shoulder or a knee that's been bugging you for a long time, it doesn't hurt to pop in and see what's going on because if you did need something done, you can get it done right after planting. And it's like I say to the farmers is you wouldn't ignore a squeaky wheel on your combine until it fell off in the in the field, right? And, you know, your body is your most important piece of equipment. So that's what I would say is don't ignore until you get to a point. Because I see these people come in and they have a rotator cuff tear that, 
a year or two ago would have been a relatively easy fix or even now with the Regenitin, I mean, if you get in early enough, you hardly even have to have any time off. So the earlier, the better, whether you're in going to come into Carol and see me or go see your local orthopedic surgeon. I think that the earlier you get in to see somebody when, if you're over 50 or I'd say even over 40 and you're having pain anywhere and it's lasted for longer than a month or two, don't cover it up with uh, Motrin, ibuprofen and and get out there and, and prove how tough you are. Get in and see somebody and get appropriately evaluated and possibly treated depending on whether you need anything or not. I'd like to, you know, I like to, if, if someone comes in to see me and they've had shoulder pain for several months, get an MRI, see what's going on. We just have so many more options now with early treatment, especially in the shoulder, but also in the knee. Uh, some of these things like the subchondroplasty, which I haven't talked about in a while. Maybe I'll talk about that next week since I haven't talked about that in quite some time. It's a great, great thing for early arthritis that can potentially put off a knee replacement for quite some time. But yeah, so stretch out, pay attention to your body, eat a healthy diet. And, uh, you know, I think that one of the things that doctors, that I'll hear doctors say is, oh, you know, I don't even talk about that stuff anymore because nobody listens. But you know what? You got to talk about it. It's it's take care of your body, eat a healthy diet, and get a little bit of exercise, and all of it gets easier. And with Easter coming up, we can also remember what an inspiration that is to those of us that are Christian. And if you're not Christian, you're certainly obviously welcome to take a look at it from the outside and see what you think of it because it's a pretty special thing. So with that, I would just say that uh, I will be back next week and you have a blessed week, Iowa.